0: What is going on? It's me, your host, Nicholas Willard, and this is Almost Canon. So, if you have experienced the unknown in any way, ghosts, bigfoots, lake monsters, mysterious creatures in the woods, um I don't know, maybe devil-worshipping cults. In abandoned buildings. Doesn't matter. Whatever it is. If you've experienced it. And you believe it is the unknown. We want to hear about it. You can send us an email at almostcannonpod at gmail.com You can hit us up on Facebook at Almost Cannon Podcast. Uh We also have an Instagram. I believe that is Almost Cannon Pod. You can hit us up there. Best place to do it is to send an email to almostcanonpod at gmail.com. Also, pause the show right now, scroll to the bottom of whatever page you're listening to this on, and click the five stars. Leave us a five star rating. Leave us a review. We need the help. It's the best, easiest, fastest way to help the show grow, and we Literally can't do it without you, so please leave us a rating and review. We will definitely appreciate it now, this week has been crazy. I had one interview set up about you know this haunted house I don't even want to get into it because they're 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 supposedly gonna come back on. It's a great story um. It deals with a haunted house. So I had that interview set up. And then they canceled at last minute. And then I had someone coming on to tell a face story in their place. And they canceled at last minute. Um And then, you know, I was I did some research. I I figured I would I would read some some weird stuff, which we're gonna get into. Um so I've been doing some research on and off for the past couple of days, and then I decide, you know, I was like, oh wait, my Christmas tree is not it, it seems kinda dry, you know, it's not it's not drinking water for some reason. So I, I'm messing around with that, and it falls over, knocks everything over, the water spills out. Huge mess, right? Huge mess. And then obviously I put it back up and I couldn't get it up properly. Um So I fought with that for the last, I don't know, two hours maybe. Um and I did that all on top of An 11-hour workday, so I'm recording this week's episode at the last second, at the last hour of the day. It is 11 o'clock. Let's get into it. Stories of Saint Nick have been a mainstay in Christmas lore for as long as any of us can remember. Historically, the jolly old saint has been delivering presents to good little boys and girls for almost 2,000 years. Uh, now, 2,000 years is a long time. No doubt long enough to develop some sort of well-oiled, super-efficient sorting and delivery machine. Something that would allow him to cover the entire world in 24 hours. Now, maybe it, it involves the deployment you know, of a small army of elves... Or a team of magical reindeer who can pull a sleigh with the ability to distort time itself. However, one trick Saint Nick employed that's nearly as old as he is, is the idea of having a helper. Today we would refer to this as Santa's little helper. And while it, it no doubt gives rise to the ideas of Christmas elves, this little helper was far from little or even jolly. It's widely known, particularly among, uh, you know, Germanic peoples and those descendant of the wild Germanic tribes that before a naughty or nice list was implemented, St. Nick's other half, the ying to his yang, the moon to his sun, and the rum to his coke would quite literally sniff out the bad kids and deal with them, you know, fairly. This being, this partner, who some people still see as equal to the big man himself, is none other than Krampus, the Christmas devil. So who is Krampus? Or better yet, what is Krampus? For starters, his name is made up of the German word Krampen, meaning claw. And he is not only one of St. Nick's helpers, but his partner He's said to be the son of the Norse god Hel, as well as the offspring of Cernanus, the master of the wild hunt, and sometimes he's even referred to as one of Odin's illegitimate children. Either way, there is a fey or godlike look to Krampus. While Saint Nick retained his human form, once he ascended, Krampus never being a human, is depicted as a demon-like entity with long, spiraling ram's horns protruding from his head, a wicked, animalistic face complete with an unnaturally long tongue. His torso is hidden within his festive red and white coat, and he's said to have the legs and feet, or should I say hooves, of a goat. While depictions of Krampus have varied throughout the centuries, two features have remained the same and those would be the chains that are wrapped around his body in the large wicker basket he uses to store the naughty children in. As I alluded to above, Krampus is seen as Saint Nick's other half. While Santa Claus gives treats and presents to the good little boys and girls of the world, Krampus punishes the bad ones. Legends state that he uses a switch to whip his victims And he'll even use the chains around his body to capture and hold the extra bad ones as he drags them down to hell. So, is Krampus just a legend? Is he a myth? Some would say yes. Most would say yes, I should say. But some would say no. Now, I have several stories that I found on the internet... Dealing with individuals who have come face-to-face with the Christmas devil himself. And let's get into that. Now before we get into our first story, I will say I was supposed to have Chad on from Pinewood Cemetery's Portal to Hell episode. Uh, But it got too late. He's got work tomorrow, you know. Um, but he will be joining us from time to time, and while it's always you know best to to talk about these things you know and get the perspective of another, I think we'll be able to to handle this ourselves and have a good time doing it. All right, let's start story number one: My real encounter with Krampus as a young boy. Growing up, I never heard about anything evil when it came to Christmas. My parents always took me to see Santa every year, and I never got coal in my stockings. I believed in Santa up till about age nine, so every year I always acted super good in the months leading up to Christmas. You know, as a kid, you want to get as many presents as possible. I still remember the excitement I would get every year. That same year, my parents worked a lot of late nights, so they would always leave me with my older sister, who was 16 at the time. I never really got along with her, until now, as we're now adults, that don't live with each other. My sister was especially mean that year, inviting her boyfriend over most nights. I would threaten to tell mom if she brought him over again, and my kid mind would make other ridiculous threats, such as the fact that I would tell Santa so he would put coal in her stocking because she wasn't following the rules. One day, she had enough of my bickering and retaliated. She started out with, You know what's even worse than getting coal in your stocking? Of course, me being a curious little boy, I pressed her for information. "What's, What's worse? I would ask with a tough little attitude. Then she said it. Krampus. I remember the nerve it struck when she said that name. Of course, I didn't know who or what Krampus was, but it just sounded bad. What's Krampus? I probed. I, still, I can still see her evil grin ingrained in my memory when she told me. You know Santa isn't real, right? I always had a sneaking suspicion, but of course, I asked, What do you mean? Don't pretend you don't know. Mom and Dad buy all your gifts, and the guy you go see at the mall that you call Santa is just a man in a beard doing a job. I wasn't really surprised. This just confirmed my skepticism of Santa. But do you know what is real? She continued, Krampus, the evil spirit that comes and takes little boys like you to the underworld. My impressionable mind believed every word she said, and I was terrified. He comes and takes little boys that tattle. All you need to do is tattle three times during the Christmas season, and Krampus, the Christmas demon, comes and gets you. Her twisted little mind even brought up two other times I snipped on her for something stupid within the past week. This alone freaked me out because a week later, I tattled on her for eating my Pop-Tart off my plate. After I tattled, I thought about what she said the week before. The true legend states that Krampus comes to punish children who misbehave, so my sister had twisted the story in her favor. Anyway, here's when things got weird. This was the same year I realized I was attracted to women. I was in my parents' room one night when they were gone, I was looking for batteries for my RC car and went snooping through drawers. Lo and behold, I found my dad's Playboy stash. I looked through that little thing for a good half hour before putting it back. This was a busy Christmas season. The same year I realized Santa was not real was the same year I discovered women. At that point, nothing had happened with Krampus, so I had chalked up the story to my sister trying to scare me. But I think looking at... That magazine was a big mistake, and to this day, the reason why I got a visit, it was the same night. If I'm not mistaken, Christmas was just days away. I woke up in the middle of the night, extremely thirsty. The house was pitch black, except for an overhanging microwave light in the kitchen. I got my water, then headed back towards my room. It was at the very moment when I heard a noise on the roof. I remember thinking... If I was second-guessing myself about Santa being real or not, I whispered to myself, Santa? I walked towards the window and saw what I thought was a deer outside the window. I thought maybe the noise came from the deck and not the roof. Maybe the deer had walked on the deck and jumped into the yard. But I took a closer look and then realized I may not be looking at a deer. It turned around, revealing its really large body and glowing red eyes. The antlers were not antlers, but horns. I remember thinking that it looked like Beast from Beauty and the Beast. I was frozen in fear as I saw the creature start walking towards me. We locked gazes. Then he smiled, his teeth razor sharp. Then he jumped straight up out of sight like he jumped straight into the sky and into thin air. I immediately ran into my sister's room. I shook her awake in a state of fear, explained that I just saw Krampus. It was then through her groggy tiredness that she admitted she had made it all up. She got up and walked me back to my room. She flipped the light on and gave me a shocked look. I looked back at her. What? What the hell is this? She leaned towards my bed and picked up a magazine. It was the Playboy magazine. I was shocked. I did not know what to say. I mean, I was just baffled, and all I could manage to spew out was, That's Dad's! Of course it's Dad's, you freak, she replied. I tried to convince her that I didn't know how it got there, but she didn't believe a word I said. Just then, she stopped me. If I catch you with this again, I'm going straight to mom and dad. I just looked down and agreed. Okay. Luckily, my sister was cool with it. To this day, I have never figured out how that magazine got there or what that creature was that I saw outside the window. All I can say is that it's very possible I saw the real Krampus that night and I was being warned for misbehaving. My sister and I have never spoken again about that night. I'm honestly too afraid to bring it up. Hopefully, I will never have another encounter with Krampus again. Alright. <laughs> now, what do you think about that story? The kid finds his dad's Playboy magazine, right? And he's flipping through it, and he's like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. Uh, and then he puts it back, and he's like, shit you know i probably i probably shouldn't be snooping through my parents drawers because uh you know i'd be pissed if my kids went snooping through my drawers obviously there's nothing in there um you know for them to look at no i'm just kidding i don't we we don't have anything like that but you know i do have like flashlights and knives and and you know i think i keep some of the 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 magazines for my guns in there so i don't want my kids snooping through my drawers obviously that's not something that he should have been doing um, so I don't know. I mean, deer obviously don't have red glowing eyes. There is no animal that has red glowing eyes. Uh, or I should say no natural animal that has red glowing eyes. So what did he see on the porch? Um, I don't know. Maybe it was Krampus. Maybe it was something else. It's a good story. And I, I, I pulled these off of Reddit, so... I'll just throw that down. Okay. Now the next story. It's just titled Krampus. Each year on December 5th, a person in my hometown is brutally murdered. That's a good start, right? Uh, The police are at a loss. With each victim, a poetic story is left behind. Below are the stories from the past three years. Frederick loved to smile, for he was always glad. Happy, warm, and gentle, never, ever sad. But Frederick had a secret, one he only knew. The man loved to strangle children. He turned them cold and blue. The town folk never found them, for he was very smart. Frederick took their corpses and pulled them all apart. It couldn't be for young Frederick everyone would say. He's a man of God. We always see him pray. The cold night came and Frederick rested his head, but soon he heard a scratching underneath his bed. Frederick trembled as he looked, oil lamp in hand. On his bedroom floor, the demon had a plan. Away with you beasts. The night is dark and long. You have no business here For I have done no wrong. Krampus only laughed as he shook his head. As he shook his rusty chains. He hung Frederick by the neck until he writhered in pain. The lynx constricted digging into his skin. Frederick then cried out, paying for his sin. He begged and pleaded until his final breath. With a beautiful snap. Frederick bled to death. Krampus hung him out to dry, and all the town folks began to cry, but not the children, for now their souls were free. And under Frederick's body, the phantoms danced with glee. Ha <laughs> ha 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 ha! Alright. Poem 2 Greta loved herself more than she could bear. She never had enough and could never, ever share. Want was never more. It was only need. Her envy grew and grew, and with it came her greed. Greta needed more, but money wasn't flush, so she stole from her family. It gave her quite the rush. "'It is not enough,' to herself she would say. "'I must have it all. There is no other way.' Into her grandparents' home, Greta crept inside. They had many treasures, jewelry, and gemstones, pied. But when she looked about wealth, she did not find. Only ancient Krampus was something on his mind. Greta shrieked and trembled, staring at his claws. She knew there would be no mercy from this evil Santa Claus. You shall have the riches, Krampus said with a grin, and he gave them to her after peeling off her skin. (laughs) That was a good one. It was a short one, but that was a good one. Alright, poem three. Herman was a doctor. You know, and I hope you guys don't mind. I I really feel like these poems are all written in in the same, uh, uh, what, what, what do they call it? Tempo? I don't know. Uh... Herman was a doctor, for that's what he would say, and every single patient they would have to pay. He cut and pulled and burned, and after he was done, for more he always yearned. The surgeon was a butcher who had a taste for swine. With their bleeding flesh, he'd pair with a fine red wine. The hunger took him, body, mind, and soul, yet this evil... It never took its toll. Herman was alone. In his chair he sat. All of this human meat had made him very fat. He drifted off to slumber and began to snore until an angry Krampus burst through the front door. Herman could not move and he wet himself in fright. Krampus licked his lips and let out a squeal of delight. First he gouged out his eyes, and Herman could not see. Then Krampus filleted his tongue. It was tender as could be. Christmas is joyous, full of love and cheer. But you must remember the one that we all fear. So be kind to one another. Show love and heed this text, or Krampus will find you, and you will certainly be next. Oh, 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 oh. Ugh, that one got that one got kind of uh um uh yellow jackety so so yeah, those are the three poems oh hold on there, there's 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 a little more the police are seeking any information that may help them bring the killer to justice as of this morning, three more bodies have been found in a neighboring village hmm well. They got a serial killer on their hands. Or. Maybe it's just Krampus. Alright. Alright so. Our third and last. Story of the night. And then I can get into. Uh, probably end up getting into a couple other ghost stories. That I got sent that are. Uh, uh, they're, they're pretty uh, interesting. Um, Alright. It's called Krampus is coming. I was only a child when I saw Krampus. My family had just immigrated to this country. We had left our very earthly possession behind, but the memories and stories of our homeland followed us on our journey. Once we arrived, we immediately settled into into the same ghetto that so many others from our Eastern European village had, Uh, A decrepit row of four-storied slums along the alleyways that was more sewer than street. Our father, during the few hours that he was home from the mill, said that we were better off here. uh, But my sister and I missed the deep forests and high mountains that we had played in only a short time ago. Even when I tried to imagine myself back at home, my real home, the noise of the city always broke through my thoughts and brought me back to the alley, alleyway. You know, it's really hard not to read this in some sort of, like, poetic rhythm. Uh, My mother tried her best to remind us of her old life, often as my sister and I were crawling into the bed that we shared, she would tell us the stories. The same stories that she said her that her mother had told her. Uh, some of the stories were exciting, others made us laugh, but a few terrified us. The most awful story she told of an evil one who would come from the deepest parts of winter to kidnap naughty children. We shuddered as she told us, of how it would torment children just like us, and sometimes we would even pretend to fall asleep in the desperate hope that she would just stop. But she always finished the story. Our father would often tell her not to fill our heads with such horrible things, that some tales from our homeland should remain there. Mother, though, would shake her head and quietly insist that it was dangerous to forget where we had come from. Our lives continued like this for the next several months. I had believed that I would eventually come to see our forgotten alleyway as home, but its sense of uh, foreignness persisted. In fact, it felt as though hardly anything had changed. Since we arrived, our our lives had neither improved nor gotten worse, and I still felt like an unwanted stranger in my own neighborhood. The only thing that had changed was our behavior. My sister and I had recently begun getting into trouble more often. We never meant to hurt anyone. It was just that we had so little and sometimes we had to steal if we wanted to eat that day. Usually, our misdeeds were my sister's idea and I followed along. I guess one always looks up to the the older sibling. I never believed... That our petty crimes would ever have serious consequences but looking back now I can see that we were walking blindly down a dark path I can even remember when things took an ominous turn ever since All Saints Day our mother had been warning us to do good to be good little girls now uh break time. All Saints Day, and I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one who actually knows this. All Saints Day is uh, the day after Halloween; hence, why it's called All Hallows Eve, right? Okay. She pleaded with us to stop our bad behavior. I remember her crying a lot. Early in December, my sister got caught stealing a piece of fruit, and I thought my mother's heart would break. She began to shake and pulled her rosary beads from her pocket. For the rest of the night, she clutched the beads tightly and desperately repeated her prayers. When I finally asked her what was wrong, she paused just long enough to glance out the window and hissed, He knows. He knows. It might be too late. I didn't know what she meant, but I was scared. My sister didn't seem to care. The days passed and the temperature dropped, It was the night before Christmas, and snow had begun to fall. The heating had already gone out several times, and the flickering lights threatened to go out as well. As we would be attending the sunrise mass the next morning, my father told my sister and I to go bathe. Suddenly, my my mother began shrieking for us not to be alone. I heard my father quickly move towards her and began trying to comfort her with his deep, soft voice. She quieted down some, but still insisted that we not be alone. My father told us to take our baths quickly and then join them. As we were heading down the hallway towards the washroom, my sister sprinted ahead of me and stood in the doorway. I'll go first, she said. I won't be long, she laughed. I stomped my foot but said nothing as the door closed. On the best of days, there was barely enough warm water for everyone in our family to bathe. With the heat going out, there was likely only enough warm water for a single bath, and my sister knew this. I bounced from one foot to the other as I stood outside the door trying to keep warm. I heard her draw the water and then began singing softly to herself as she dipped into the water. After a few minutes, the singing had stopped and I began to fear that she had fallen asleep in the tub. Then I heard a noise. A sharp, clacking noise, like someone was wearing wooden shoes, and it was slow but deliberate, almost like it was sneaking up on something. I knocked on the door, and the clacking stopped, no answer. I assumed my sister was just ignoring me, or possibly trying to irritate me as she often did. Then the noise began again, this time even slower. I pressed my ear to the door and held my breath. The clicking noise had stopped, but I could now hear a light, tinkling sound, like the chime of a hundred bells playing in the distance. I listened until I could hear my own heartbeat, and then I heard a soft splash. She hadn't fallen asleep. She was playing a game, waiting to see how long I could stand out in the cold hallway while she turned her fingers and her nose into warm prunes. I knocked again, louder this time, still no answer. I was quite frustrated and cold by this time, so without another knock, I swung open the door and stepped inside. As I did, the power in our building went out. The hallway behind me plunged into total darkness and I heard my mother give a cry of fright. I blinked my eyes a few times. The small heater in the corner of the washroom cast an eerie orange glow across the room. Feeling my way until my eyes adjusted, I stepped around the curtain at the end of the tub and began to scold my sister for taking too long. Then I saw it. It was standing beside the tub. Though it was hunched over, it must have stood nearly seven feet tall, with its horns adding another foot or so. Coarse black fur, like the pelt of a goat, covered its body. It had powerful legs that ended in hooves. The source of the clicking noise. A thick tail wrapped, whipped through the air behind it like a cobra circling its prey. Heavy chains wrapped around its muscular shoulders and torso. As it inhaled and exhaled, the chains produced their bell-like chimes. Yellowed eyes that burned with smoldering rage stared down from above its twisted nose. A wheezing bubbling sort of breath passed between its fangs and incisors that extended so far from its gums that I didn't believe it could have possibly closed its mouth completely. A long, pointed tongue hung down past its scarred face and disfigured chin like some grotesque dog and thick globules of spittle collected at the corner of its mouth. One of these globules broke free and fell into the tub. I looked down and saw its hands, long and hairless. Each finger ended in a sharp nail that was wrapped in some kind of corpulent skin as a vulture's bald head, the result of too much exposure to rotting flesh. Then I noticed the thin wisps of hair floating up between its fingers, my sister's hair. The beast was holding her head under the water. I screamed. Only at this point did it look at me. It was not alarmed, but rather seemed almost whimsically bemused, as if I was asking it a riddle that it already knew the answer to. Looking directly at me, it stood up to its full height. Its horns now brushed the ceiling. As it stood, it lifted my sister out of the water. My screams caught in my throat and I began to choke. It held her with a single hand, each of its five sharp nails having pierced completely through her body. Strangely, the only coherent thought that passed through my mind at that moment was the hope that my sister had already drowned and could not feel the pain. The beast took a step towards me and gave a dry, shrill laugh that sounded like an animal being strangled. It held my sister out as if I was as if it was cruelly offering her body to me. Then we both heard the footsteps in the hallway. My parents were running to see what was the matter. The beast quickly wrapped its heavy chains around my sister's lifeless body and cinched her to his back. Then, with surprising agility, it threw open the window and leapt onto the narrow ledge. It bounced there for a moment and then turned to look at me one last time. Our eyes met, and in that moment... It burned the full horror of itself into my very soul. Then it leapt from the ledge and disappeared. My parents were already in the washroom before I realized that the beast was gone. They held me tight and began to ask, what was the matter? I could not speak, but only pointed towards the tub and then the window. My mother was the first to notice my sister's clothes lying beside the tub and instantly ran to the open window. I heard her scream curses in our own language at the darkness. Then she collapsed and my father ran to her, begging for someone to tell him what was going on. My mother was near to fainting and could only point to the hoof-like print in the snow upon the ledge and speak a single word. Krampus. I don't remember much after that. Four days later... My sister's body was found by a sewer grate. There was no investigation, no arrests made. To this society, she was just another dead immigrant child. No different in their eyes than a drowned sewer rat. Not that it mattered much. No manhunt would ever turn up that creature, which was not a man. I am old now. Over the years, I have seen all my friends from that hellish ghetto die some of them in horrible accidents, yet I have always found some measure of peace with every one of their deaths. I do realize that death is inevitable, but there is one fact that keeps me from finding peace with my sister's death. When the police officer came to visit my family, he said that my sister had only been dead an hour before they had found her. Dun dun dun. Now that That was a def, that was a good story. I don't I don't know what you think. That was probably my my favorite out of all of those, you know, those three stories. The first one was kinda like, meh, maybe it's Krampus, maybe it's not. The second one, I got some serious, uh, uh serial killer vibes. Um I don't. I don't know. I've never. I've never heard of. You know. Obviously, these these are, are Reddit stories. So who knows? They're maybe they're real. And most likely, they're just, you know, stories that I pulled off of no sleep. But um, this one, this one rings true to me. There's something about this. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just the 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 emotions. She put in her words. Now maybe she's just a good writer. Um, but there is something about this last story that 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 I want to believe. So, so yeah. That, those are are three stories of Krampus. Remember, tell your children to behave, because you don't want them to end up like our little author's sister, do you? You know, and like I said in the beginning. Krampus goes back, you know, centuries. Um, the idea of Saint Nick having helpers goes back almost as long as as he's been canonized, and Krampus would be a figure that was written about, I, I believe, starting around uh, the sixteenth century. So the fifteen hundreds, around then, um, which is which is quite, you know, a bit of time, but. While you know these 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 stories and the lore of Krampus and Saint Nick, it all seems you know fun and games. Krampus himself is most likely pulled from you know Germanic pagans and even um, maybe even like like Celtic and and stuff like that. So so who knows? You know maybe this was a. a a Celtic or Germanic creature of lore that when Christianity, you know, arrived into the area and all these, these, these people were converted to Christianity, they weren't able to fully forget about Krampus, so they Christianized him and they teamed him up with Saint Nick to take care of all the bad little boys and girls out there who weren't getting presents from Saint Nick, you know? And and we did a whole episode on this last year on on Saint Nick, which you know we dived into Krampus, um, pretty deeply, I'd say. Now I'll probably I'll try to like re-edit that episode. I know my my old co-host was on there, Bank, um, and trust me, I've tried to listen to some of these older episodes, and they're just they're they're wild. Um, if you want to laugh your ass off. Go ahead and listen to them if you want to actually hear a coherent um, story, (laughs) um, or just something coherent at all. Anything, if you just want to listen to actually, if you actually want to listen to something, you you probably shouldn't listen to those. So I'll I'll try to re-edit that 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 episode and put it out uh, because it is interesting. I mean, I the the whole history of Saint Nick and his his helpers and Krampus. Um, is is definitely very interesting. Saint Nick is definitely an interesting, um, historical figure. I mean, he is a historical figure. He was a real, real person. So, so yeah, those are my Krampus stories. Um, I hope you enjoyed them. I know, I know, I definitely enjoyed the the last two, the 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 three poems, and and the the sister that that gets taken. But yeah, so, I do have a couple quick stories to go over, you know, just to to throw in before we get out of here. You know, they're nothing too long or in-depth, because I am hoping to get at least one of them, hopefully both of them. They both said that they would come on. Um, One of them was was pretty busy, and I don't know if I'll ever actually get her to come on. But the other uh, is willing to talk anytime. I just have to get over there. Um, so one story that I can think of off the top of my head that you know I I'd, I'd reached out and I had asked people for for some paranormal stories, and this one person goes on to tell me a story about how actually she went on to tell uh the whole Facebook page about this story. Um, you know, in in I've said this in the past. You know, if you're gonna send me, if you're gonna respond to one of these, um you know outreaches that i do on these these facebook pages just please send me a message don't don't post your story on the page feed it, it they're just hard to keep track of and remember but um but yes yeah, she she went on to tell me a story of how she was riding with some friends down this back road um i guess past this old she says that it looks like Stonehenge. Now I, I kinda know the area. I don't know what she's talking about. Um, but she she sees a grim reaper-like figure step out of a portal, walk across the field, take a hold of I don't know, she made it sound like she she made it sound like this figure ripped the soul out of someone's body and then dragged the soul. Uh, back across the field in and then back into the portal i don't i don't know that's i mean that's really all i got that's why i obviously want to have her back on the show so she can uh talk about this some more because that is that's crazy like what what the hell did she see um i don't know was it the real grim reaper did he come through some sort of portal to a portal from hell to collect his souls i don't know uh And I could have a story completely wrong. Maybe that is not what she saw at all. That's just what I thought she was talking about. Uh, But yeah, maybe she'll come on. There's definitely some interesting stuff going on there. But then the one that I'm really excited about is a story I got from uh, somebody who has a camp. I believe they said it was on Shadow Lake. Now, this is up northern Vermont uh, in an area, I believe, Concord, Vermont, I believe. Now, he has an encounter with a Sasquatch, right? And he's at his camp. But he's not sleeping outside. He's not sleeping in a lean-to or a tent. I'm talking about a lake house. He's got a lake house, right? Or his family does, and he's staying at his family's lake house. This was, I think he said this was back in the 70s. So he's sleeping on a bed. I think this is like when him and his wife first got together. So they're sleeping on a bed, and he says the mattress is on the floor. Um, and he wakes up at three o'clock in the morning and he's practically face to face with a Sasquatch, with a Bigfoot that is inside the room, squatted down, looking at him. And the Bigfoot Sasquatch realizes that this dude just woke up, slowly gets up, walks out of the room, hits his leg on the way out. I don't know, you know, I hear you hear a lot of stories. Obviously, you hear a lot of Bigfoot encounters. I mean, you hear them all over the place. Now, I don't necessarily hear a lot of stories where the Bigfoot is actually inside someone's house or someone's cabin. You know, you don't even hear them get really being inside tents or campers or anything like that. Right. So what was going on? I don't know. Very interesting. I am going to get a hold of him. I literally just need to... um, I'm thinking get some sort of portable mic, microphone, or or voice recorder. And when I get that, I will go over and I will interview him. I will talk to him about this encounter. It's very intriguing. And, And another thing that actually makes this encounter really cool is that I had somebody else who... Had a camp on another lake nearby. Who was four wheeling in the woods, and they took a picture of a bare foot in the mud. Now, I had shared this picture long ago, uh, and people laughed at me. They said that it was too small. That's not a big footprint, you know. It was, it, it, and it was a f- small foot. Maybe it was a ju- juvenile foot. I don't know. Uh, but now that I'm getting this story from this other dude. Who was also apparently friends with the game warden in the area, who's been game warden, he says, for 30, 40 years, something like that. And this game warden apparently gets reports of Sasquatch all the time. So I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean, there's gotta be there's gotta be something up there. And and the fact that this Sasquatch was inside um his 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 cabin. It's just amazing. And he felt him knock his foot as he walked by. So, I don't know. Hopefully, he's got more to say uh, than what he wrote in the email. However, I don't believe he knows how to use Zoom or, or any of these online you know, apps that we can use to communicate. So, I, I, I'm going to have to go to his house, set up my stuff. That's what I'm saying. It would be nice to get some sort of portable microphone our uh, voice recorder and, and record a story. So hopefully I'm I'm doing that. Uh the beginning of the year. It's definitely top of my my agenda. So so yeah. Two more quick things here. Um two more people that I'm gonna be having on for future episodes. Uh one is about a a, a I believe a woman and her family, her husband and her kids who had moved into this house um you know the rent was super cheap, the house was super nice. Well, turns out it was haunted. Go figure. Um and then next week I'll be having on someone who has probably one of the best paranormal stories I've ever heard. Now, and I've heard a lot of stories and this one was just like holy shit. Like this is a this is a an intense crazy story. Um and it's even it's even got like paranormal and true crime mixed together. So it it it's great. It's got everything you you'd ever want in it, right? Uh and then at the end of the month, I'm going to be having uh Tom Pollard back on and we're going to be talking about the Yeti. You know, he's a mountaineer He's climbed Everest, he's summited Everest, he's been to the death zone multiple times. This man has explored the territory of the Yeti. Now, he's never seen one, or at least he's never told me that he's seen one. Um, however, he can give us first-hand you know, information on what it's like you know what the Himalayas are like. Obviously, I've never been there. I've seen him on TV. That's as close as I've ever got to him. He's set foot on the ground. So we'll see. You know, I wanted to get this episode in before Christmas. I don't think we're gonna have time. You know, I, I really want to get uh this this lady's story out next week. So I'm gonna do that instead. However, you know, it's Christmas time. A lot of people like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and what's in Rudolph? The Bumble, the abominable snowman, which we would know as the Yeti. So, I figured doing an episode on the Yeti, getting Tom to come back on. He's a great speaker. He's he's just he's a, he's a wealth of information. He's an all-around good guy. Getting him on to talk about the Yeti, I figured would be would be fun. So, you can look forward to all that You know, we got a lot going on. Maybe I'll even whip together, you know, a bonus episode with some of these stories from uh, Claremont, New Hampshire. Um, I probably got some from, a couple more from Brattleboro, Vermont uh, that I haven't put out yet. So maybe I'll do that. I don't know. And if I do, then you can look forward to that. And I'll probably have Chad on to talk with me about that. Um, But yeah. Krampus, make sure your kids are behaving. You do not want them uh, to wind up in a poem or to drown in a bathtub or to find your Playboy stash. So that definitely sounds almost canon to me.